welcome to episode number 69 of the Eve's Drop podcast. I, if you told me that we were going to get to this episode and make it a special one, I would have said you're gosh darn right because that is what we're going to do. This segment, this podcast, this very, very special edition podcast is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in the later uh, in the later minutes of the podcast, but it is a, a star-studded ensemble of guests that we have today the most guests that we've ever had at once it's all happening today and i'm including the league as as one of the guests the league itself obviously we're gonna have um a lot of people we're gonna start with the final four obviously you have me representing the huntsman we're gonna have uh hastro from empire or somebody hastro is somebody else i don't remember who but hastro's gonna be stopping by uh we're gonna have amish shah from uh the london royal ravens with shawnee shawnee by the way going completely off this past week and we're gonna talk to him directly and ask him his thoughts about it his little drama Right, the drama that he had with New York, the banter or or the the true comments that were made afterwards. I think it's gonna be good. Uh, I I want to know what's going on. I think that that when it's not forced, the drama is good. The lies, the trials, the tribulations. This is all. I mean, I mean, pretty much what you see in the title. It's all happening today. We have phase. Okay, we have Atlanta phase. The representatives from there is gonna be none other than my brother Crowder and my young brother Priest. I can't tell you enough good things about them. You guys know them well, uh, so I'm super excited about that. From the league, though, ladies and gentlemen, from a very, very special guest, the honorable, the honorable, the guest of honor. Gosh darn it! We have Johanna Ferries, the league commissioner, who I've been talking about this entire time, uh, hyping her up, saying how great the communication has been back and forth, the, the the great liaison she's been in the communication between us and the league. A lot of the stuff that we have uh, been going through this entire league, the 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 thought process, the the plan, the strategy, everything that we've created this league, everything that you've seen happen in this league has gone through Johanna. So I'm very excited to talk to talk to her about the league, essentially, right? What what her role uh, looks like, and hopefully one day we'll get to have a full eavesdrop just with her, uh, that where she can just tell us her horse, her whole story, and and you know essentially just uh, how she became uh, the league commissioner, or how she came to become the league commissioner. Amish Shah, obviously a successful businessman. I too also want to have him on the podcast, just us uh, discussing you know business of esports as we traditionally do on the eavesdrop podcast. How he came to do what he does today. So obviously that's all coming. But our first guest, as I mentioned, now. Before we move on to the guest, right, which is Johanna Ferris, before we move on to her, I want to tell you guys that we are going to be announcing what these bad boys are going to look like, right, what this year's, and I see them, I, I've seen them, and I want them. The, the Hex Quarters hasn't been fed a trophy in a long time. And guess what? I was talking to the Hex Quarters earlier, and he said, yo, I'm hungry. It's time to be fed. So we have a lot to cover, a lot to work towards, and then another another uh, something that pairs well with the championship ring that will unveil first of its kind first time ever and i want it in the hex quarters i got i gotta tell you i need it the hex quarters hasn't been fed i need it anyway as i mentioned super super long episode maybe hopefully i don't know but it will be a good one stay tuned let's go over to johanna ferries and uh, start asking questions. Let's get the podcast started. Thank you for stopping by. If you guys haven't already left a like button, then uh, you obviously don't trust me because if you tune in, you obviously know that you got to leave a like right away because it's going to be a good episode. I don't put out no weak shit, gosh darn it. I only do the best that I do with whatever I have in front of me. And today, that happens to be a microphone and my guest, the Honorable Johanna Ferries. Johanna, welcome to the eavesdrop. 
uh, I will say that at some point or another, I am going to ask you to do an eavesdrop, just you and I, just to see where you came from, how you came to be who you are, and then we'll get that started. But for now, let's talk a little bit about the league. And without further ado, Johanna Ferris, welcome to the Eavesdrop Podcast. I will say this, at some point or another, if approved by all the 900 lawyers that you guys have, it would be really cool for you to come on the Eavesdrop and just have an hour-long conversation about how you came to be who you became, if that's possible. I'm in. You're in. I'll fight 100. the lawyers on that. Awesome. I'll fight the lawyers on that. Good, good. Well, anyway, anyway, welcome. Uh, I know we have you for a short time, so I just wanted to really touch base and go down sort of the 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 route of what it took for you to get to where you are, right? Coming from the NFL, and I've been very, very vocal about this, I had my doubts. But the more I started dealing with you on a day-to-day basis, the more that we started sort of troubleshooting the things that needed troubleshooting throughout this entire very sort of up and down uh, season, I I felt that you're in on this like full wholeheartedly and you're looking out for the best interest of the league. So first of all, thank you. Second, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And it's an awesome job. And even on the hardest days, it's an awesome job. Uh, and I haven't looked back, to be honest. It's been such a good adventure even in this launch year you know you know we talk all the time and it is a roller coaster ride we have great moments like we saw in playoffs this weekend we have really tough moments there's so much behind the scenes going on every day battles to fight um but it's it's been awesome and i think it's because call of duty is incredible the esports community is incredible it's what appealed to me and i just i'm super bullish on the whole thing Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about your old job at the NFL, uh, but you sort of came into Call of Duty in its biggest, most important year. Uh, If if you think about it, I've been I've been playing Call of Duty since 2006. That's Call of Duty 2. All the way you you bring that all the way to the end of 2019 when franchising became or yeah 2019 when franchising became a thing, and it's sort of like a culmination of of a decade. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Eve's Drop podcast. I, if you told me that we were going to get to this episode and make it a special one, I would have said you're gosh darn right because that is what we're going to do. This segment, this podcast is very, very special edition podcast is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in the later uh, in the later minutes of the podcast, but it is a, a star-studded ensemble of guests that we have today the most guests that we've ever had at once it's all happening today and i'm including the league as as one of the guests the league itself obviously we're gonna have um a lot of people we're gonna start with the final four obviously you have me representing the huntsman we're gonna have uh hastro from empire or somebody hastro is somebody else i don't remember who but hastro's gonna be stopping by uh we're gonna have amish shah from uh the london royal ravens with shawnee shawnee by the way going completely off this past week and we're gonna talk to him directly and ask him his thoughts about it his little drama Right, the drama that he had with New York, the banter or or the the true comments that were made afterwards, I think it's gonna be good. Uh, I I want to know what's going on. I think that that when it's not forced, the drama is good. The lies, the trials, the tribulations. This is all. I mean, I mean, pretty much what you see in the title. It's all happening today. We have phase. Okay, we have Atlanta phase. The representatives from there is gonna be none other than my brother Crowder and my young brother Priest. I can't tell you enough good things about them. You guys know them well, uh, so I'm super excited about that. 
from the league, though, ladies and gentlemen, from a very, very special guest, the Honorable. The Honorable, the guest of honor, gosh darn it. We have Johanna Ferries, the league commissioner, who I've been talking about this entire time, uh, hyping her up, saying how great the communication has been back and forth, the, the, the great liaison she's been in the communication between us and the league. A lot of the stuff that we have uh, been going through this entire league, the, the, the thought process, the, the plan, the strategy, everything that we've created this league, everything that you've seen happen in this league has gone through Johanna. So I'm very excited to talk to talk to her about the league essentially right what, what her role uh looks like and hopefully one day we'll get to have a full eavesdrop just with her uh that where she can just tell us her horse her whole story and and you know essentially just uh, how she became uh the league commissioner or how she came to become the league commissioner amish shah obviously a successful businessman i too also want to have him on the podcast just us uh discussing you know business of esports as we traditionally do on the eavesdrop podcast how he came to do what he does today so obviously that's all coming but our first guest as i mentioned now before we move on to the guest, right, which is Johanna Ferris, before we move on to her, I want to tell you guys that we are going to be announcing what these bad boys are going to look like, right, what this year's, and I see them, I, I've seen them, and I want them. The, the Hex Quarters hasn't been fed a trophy in a long time. And guess what? I was talking to the Hex Quarters earlier, and he said, yo, I'm hungry. It's time to be fed. So we have a lot to cover, a lot to work towards, and then another another uh, something that pairs well with a championship ring that will unveil first of its kind first time ever and i want it in the hex quarters i got i gotta tell you i need it the hex quarters hasn't been fed i need it anyway as i mentioned super super long episode maybe hopefully i don't know but it will be a good one stay tuned let's go over to johanna ferries and uh, start asking questions. Let's get the podcast started. Thank you for stopping by. If you guys haven't already left a like button, then uh, you obviously don't trust me because if you tune in, you obviously know that you got to leave a like right away because it's going to be a good episode. I don't put out no weak shit, gosh darn it. I only do the best that I do with whatever I have in front of me. And today, that happens to be a microphone and my guest, the Honorable Johanna Ferries. Johanna, welcome to the eavesdrop. Uh, I will say that at some point or another, I am going to ask you to do an eavesdrop, just you and I, just to see where you came from, how you came to be who you are, and then we'll get that started. But for now, let's talk a little bit about the league. And without further ado, Johanna Ferris, welcome to the eavesdrop podcast. I will say this, at some point or another, if approved by all the 900 lawyers that you guys have, it would be really cool for you to come on the eavesdrop and just have an hour-long conversation about how you came to be who you became if that's possible i'm in you're in i'll fight 100%. the lawyers on that awesome. i'll fight the lawyers on that good good well, anyway, anyway welcome uh i know we have you for a short time so i just wanted to really touch base and go down sort of the 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 route of what it took for you to get to where you are right coming from the nfl and i've been very very vocal about this i had my doubts but the more i started dealing with you on a day-to-day -day basis the more that we started sort of troubleshooting the things that needed troubleshooting throughout this entire very sort of up and down uh season i i felt that you're in on this like full wholeheartedly and you're looking out for the best interest of the league so first of all thank you second thank you Oh, thank you so much. And it's an awesome job. And even on the hardest days, it's an awesome job. Uh, and I haven't looked back, to be honest. It's been such a good 
adventure, even in this launch year, you know, you know, we talk all the time and it is a roller coaster ride. We have great moments like we saw in playoffs this weekend. We have really tough moments. There's so much behind the scenes going on every day, battles to fight. Um, but it's it's been awesome. And I think it's because Call of Duty is incredible. The esports community is incredible. It's what appealed to me. And I just I'm super bullish on the whole thing. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about your old job at the NFL, uh, but you sort of came into Call of Duty in its biggest, most important year. Uh, if, if you think about it, I've been, I've been playing Call of Duty since 2006. That's Call of Duty 2. All the way, you, you bring that all the way to the end of 2019 when franchising became, or yeah, 2019 when franchising became a thing. And it's sort of like a culmination of, of a decade of hard work from the endemics that lived in the space. And then this whole wonderful thing that is franchising happens. It's good for the players. It's good for team owners. It's good for the entire league because of the, the structure that comes behind it. But you were sort of thrown into the fire, into the helm of this thing, and said, hey, uh, this is sort of what we're building. Figure out the rest. Was that difficult? Because it's 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 a tough job. Dealing with me and others? Come on. Can't be easy. <laughs> Look, um, yes, it is a tough job. But I say this a lot, right? Like, certainly I spent most of my my years in the industry cutting my teeth on traditional sports. And you learn a lot from the NFL and what works there and what doesn't. But it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to design your own pro league, even on the backs. I'd say actually especially on the backs of IP and esports history that's already there, right? That's like a, a dream to be able to say, hey, here's the mega brand that is Call of Duty. Here's this super dope super engaged, super ready for primetime community that's already been well before came and will thrive regardless of whether you take this gig or not. But we want to infuse, like you said, this bigger ambition, this dream of what this can be, not just as an esport, but as a sports entertainment property to go up against the biggest sports leagues out there. Mm -hmm. Right. And you need that kind of that mind meld, I think. And I think that's, that's the magic to me on it. And I've always been a fan of Call of Duty. Um, so that wasn't new to me in as much as this opportunity to take a white sheet of paper and take what's amazing and what's been amazing from everything that you've built, all the the legacy and the fandom that's already there, and then take all this newness into it and then put real smart, I think, strategy and ambition behind it. I, I think it's going to be dominant. I just do. And it's been more of an honor to me than anything to just be a part of that conversation, let alone be at the helm of it. That's, that's, uh, that's good to hear. Obviously. I mean, uh, actions speak louder than words and Andy and I talk about it nonstop that it is such, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's such a good feeling to know that we have somebody that is going to be like the perfect liaison between what us and the players want, essentially what the players are telling us to tell you guys that we want and sort of find the perfect, not just a happy medium, but the perfect one where everybody benefits. Because more often than not, the easiest thing to do is to find something that just works. Uh, right. But when when we're able to, when you're able to figure out what works best, not only for orgs, org owners, and the team, and then obviously the future of, of, of the CDL, it's it's not an easy job, right? Um, you, you mentioned that you played or that you know in Call of Duty. Do you play it? Uh, and is that why you chose Call of Duty? You got to play, but I got to be honest. I honestly have always preferred watching better players play it. Like when I was, when it was launching back in 2003, I'm probably showing my age. I was in college and sure. Like 
I could pick up the sticks, but that's not interesting to anybody. I would much rather be on the couch cheering on my friends. And so that's always been a little bit of my behavior is I believe in the spectator experience. I believe in gathering together because you have a lot of love for the game. And, you know, when you have the best players in the world playing at the level that they're playing now, it's just insane. I, to me, it's really more about educating mass culture yeah. about it. Um you know, I see so many people from my old world or family and friends who didn't play, who don't play, who don't speak this language, who don't understand, who now are like, oh, wait, okay, it's city-based. Okay, cool. Team versus team. Okay, I get it. And if I just take 15 minutes to explain to them, like, how it's played and here's what you should be looking for, here's how they're going to win, um, now they're writing me, being like, okay, like, I get it, you know, and now I'm following, they're following all these players and stuff. So to me, it's like you already have that magic there that started in dorm rooms and apartments and in online spaces. And now it's just become such a behemoth. I think where we're going to take it 10 years from now, let alone 50 years from now, it's, it's just unimaginable. I think. Yeah. Well, obviously every, I think a lot of people have had that, that sort of, uh, similar moment where they're either in college or they're holding a land the way that Courage used to in his basement while they're not out partying because they're nerds. You know what I'm saying? No offense, Courage. Uh, but I, I, I personally, as, as, a, as a person that's an outdoors guy, a fisherman, I mean, you name it, uh, when I first picked up the sticks and I started playing, I don't know what it was about Call of Duty that just like completely made, made me fall in love with it. And I sort of made it my life's passion. And I remember early on meeting with you guys about the league in Vegas when we were having the Vegas event. And you guys had to have two different meetings, one for, uh, you know, Jay, and who was representing at the time, Infinite. Inf yeah, Infinite. And then I came in separately. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have the Hector meeting now because, it, you know, I, I'm always going to be around. It's never, and no one's ever going to kick me from this thing. Uh, Call of Duty's mine. And I said, it's more mine than it is the leagues or the, the, owner of Activision because I've sure. spent so much time on it and I have so much passion for it. It's changed my life, truly, right? It's, it is the one thing that I can say and said, he was like, what was the one constant in the last 10 years, aside from family and the important stuff? Um, it's, it's Call of Duty. So I, I take personal pride in making sure that we're presenting a good product. I take personal pride in the fact that I'm never going to be a quiet one when I disagree with certain things or things that we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be doing truly. So you know, having having when when you were in the NFL and you got sort of got this position, was it? Did you find it on 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 Monster dot com? Like, where did you find the job, or how did you apply for it? Did they did they pluck you out of the NFL? <laughs> like, how did that work? Uh, no, they found. Yeah, it was more. The, it was more the latter. I don't want to get too specific, but no, they they found me. I still don't know exactly how that all happened, but yeah. uh, you know, I mean. Bobby has this vision. I, I do believe it's quite genius. Uh, and whether we hopefully are the ones at the forefront or whether it's somebody else, uh, I, I believe in it. I, I think it, Activision Blizzard has a real eye for putting some structure and some new ambition behind this thing. So what that meant was I, I have to assume they were looking at, okay, traditional sports expertise, who can kind of come in, who can speak that language, who can liaison, to your point, across different stakeholders. A lot of the stakeholder management you talked about i was doing at the nfl dealing with players and owners and presidents and you got to really think about the domino impact of every one decision right and mm -hmm. try to see around the corners and say like oh that's a great competitive decision what is it gonna mean for the business oh that's a great business decision what's it gonna mean for the sponsorship you know and, and so forth and so um i guess that's why my name may have come up in conversation it was a long it was a long process um yeah. it was almost a year 
Was it was it tough, uh-huh. have, you know, leaving a behemoth that is the NFL? Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, still to this day, they have the most valuable franchise across all sports in the Cowboys, which reside five minutes from where I sit. Um, and then you come over here, right, to esports, which is like a super, super. Uh, from a viewership standpoint, I don't know. We can argue things, but we are young, right? It's it's, it's a sure. super young sport. Was it difficult for you to be like, okay, th- that's safe, right? This has been around for 100 years. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Call of Duty's been around for 10. How, how, how do you make that, that decision, right? Because it's, in, in your position, obviously, it had to have been a good one at the NFL to then take a very, you know, pivotal, uh, to a very important role here at the CDL, which is pivotal to what we're all doing because it's, it, you know, being the league commissioner is such an important thing, right? How do you pick from, how, how did you pick, one over the other and was it tough ah such a good question so i secretly i have not said this publicly want to write a book one day about my year in deciding to make that transition and there are layers to that which would probably bore all your listeners but the point is yes it was a very difficult decision but not because of what i was going to i mean the the opportunity to work on call of duty the opportunity to work at activision blizzard with that sort of you know uh, cachet behind what we were trying to do the opportunity to you know, franchise this league and try something so big and ambitious and, and out there on some level was all like an easy yes. But you're right. I think there was a lot to be said around, I was doing pretty well for myself. It was good for the fam. We were good. And it was a dream job on, on many levels. And so I had to dig really deep to be like, do I want to take this risk? They're not going to like me. I said this every day, Hector, every day. I was like, I, maybe there was part of me that felt like it, they weren't really going to offer me the job because I kept saying, like, I get it. I see it. I could map it out for you right now. But I think where you start to go with this thing. But this community doesn't want this. This doesn't look anything like what this community is ready for. And I was very open about that. And, you know, I was really respectful about that conversation. But I was really all scared by how one welcoming and progressive the entire company was was like no like if you've got it and you've got the vision and you've got the capability you should you know you're the right person for this job so i felt like i was um set up for success Mm -hmm. in that way um and i also feel like there are times in everyone's career i'm sure you've had it too you're much more of an entrepreneur than i entrepreneur than i am but there are times where you sort of just do the math and you're like i gotta bet on myself I'm going to take this bet mm-hmm. because you know what, if it doesn't work, what stories, what learnings come out of that? I mean, that's exactly, that's a book in and of itself. Right. Yep. And there, nobody's going to be, you know, think less of me, I hope for trying something that ambitious. If it works, Oh, we're good in the hood. Oh yeah. Right? Super good. Absolutely. Look, as a so, New York times bestselling author myself, I will say <laughs> this. Uh, writing a book is super easy when you're not the one actually typing the words. When you're speaking into a telephone to a writer that writes out the entire thing for you, it works wonders. And obviously, yeah. like no, no bad grammar and all of that comes from me. I mean, obviously, you're you're <laughs> you're much more well spoken than I am, but it's easy. So my recommendation as a New York Times bestselling author, so now an Amazon number one seller, uh, I, I I will say that it's easier when you get somebody to write it for you. And I'll put you in contact okay. with Harper Collins if you want there. They're on, they're on my on my on my done and done. speed dial I think it's called. Um, let's let's switch gears a little bit into the league. I, I know that everybody is going to be uh, hounding me to ask you certain questions. Uh, first one. Let's start with something easy. What has been the most exciting 
time period match it was the most exciting point of this season for you oh this is a layup i yeah, mean yesterday two days ago what occurred on <laughs> sunday like we i mean i i like i said i can't explain it i i keep joking that i think my neighbors think something bad happened to me on sunday because all the windows were open and there was just there was a lot of screaming Going were you, were you um, alone or were the family with the, there with you watching? You know, it's funny. The family is, is always around. But to be totally honest, they know I have the best husband in the world, the best partner. So he knows, like, Johanna's on lockdown. This is playoffs. This is not a game. So they're a little less, you know, they're, they're sort of elsewhere because they know that I have to be intensely focused. But, uh, oh, they heard it. And yeah. they knew what was going down. So, you know, your match with, with Optic, I... I I, you don't have to say it, but I definitely feel like that was a historic one. Um, that's just some of the best match play we've ever seen, let alone the the storylines already going into it. So that had to be a highlight for me. And we crushed viewership. So it was just all good in the hood on that one, too. And um, I'm excited for this weekend. So am I. So am I. I, I as nervous as I was this past this past uh, match, I... Uh, it's there's still I know that there's like a a hard I don't know there's just the emotions that are gonna come inevitably this weekend because we're gonna be having to go up against three the top three best teams in the league obviously right they got yeah. there uh, and you know at the beginning of the at the beginning of the season if you would have asked me what four teams were gonna be in the final four I would have told you the same exact ones that are going another uh, I I had high hopes for for London just because uh, I saw the caliber of players that they were that they were doing I I've never ever going to bet against somebody like Crim6 unless he's on the opposing team and they're playing against us. Um, Clayser, obviously great leadership, so I knew that they were going to make it. The mm -hmm. the phase, obviously incredible brand, uh, but also they did an incredible job at putting that team together. So I would have picked these these four to to be at the top. And I, I got to tell you, in, in the history, in my history of, of being in Call of Duty since, you know, Call of Duty 2, I got to tell you, never have I ever seen so many gosh darn game fives ever. Crazy. Right? It's crazy. And, and, and I'll go even even further into saying that I've never seen so many game five round 11s. Totally. You know, when I explain to people what happened, the only thing that would get closer to a, a, uh, a buzzer beater in a situation like that is if we had to defuse the bomb. If we, if we had to kill somebody and then defuse the bomb mm -hmm. and we got there at the seven second mark. Okay, or 7.5. Totally. I don't know. I haven't played in a while, but it, it's it's that close to have around a, a game five, round eleven, one v one, right? And it wasn't like we were utilizing the entirety of the time, right? It was like so fast, so good. I I I wasn't watching. I gotta be honest. I didn't watch. I didn't watch live. Uh, obviously, we're, we're we're everybody knows that we're taking precautions to make sure that sure. Uh, we we're we're as competitive as we possibly can be from from sure. uh, that standpoint. But I wasn't here. I, I knew the I knew the answer to the result uh, tens of minutes ahead of what what the actual thing and Nate texted me he's like who won I didn't reply big timer texted me I didn't reply everybody was texting me and I didn't reply because even Andy Andy I didn't talk to Andy that entire year then the year mm -hmm. the, entire, the entire day because I wanted yeah. them to go through the same angst that I would have I didn't but that I would have if that happened right and right. it was such a moment um, Obviously, you you can't pick favorites, right? You're you're, you're the league commissioner, but mm -hmm. th these sort of matches have to sort of. Either way, it would have been an incredible match. I gotta say it. Even if 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 uh, that logo would have won, it, it 
it would have been an incredible match regardless, right? And it would have been a well – I mean, you can't even write that well, right? Like the way that the season started, my history with this thing, my history with sure. everything that happened behind closed doors, and the way that this culminated in this round – game five, round 11, one view. Oh, my God. I don't even want to re relive it, to be honest. It's that – Is it? was it that gut-wrenching to you, like watching it? Dude. Literally, I'm I'm just being straight up honest, and you know my team knows. Like similarly, so on on that point, um, I told my team because my team, of course, are texting me, and they have like all the emojis of basically like we know. Do you want to know? I was like, I don't want to know, right? Because I just I have my popcorn out. Like I need to experience this as a fan, and. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was you're right. I knew that when you see something like that, we talk about this a lot. Adam and I talk about this a lot. Moments that you think just they're seminal. They can be an inflection point. They can be a moment that everybody's talking about. No matter how many hiccups, no matter how many, you know, bruises we've all experienced in this crazy 2020 launch, there are those moments. And I actually saw this, it was if it's fair to say, when I worked at the NFL. Same thing. Not always rosy. Got a little crazy there in my my final years, just is where the brand was and on all those dynamics. The game always saved it. Mm -hmm. If the game is great, nothing. It's else not that those things go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are things that, are, that you fix. You just yeah. fix them. It Every carries day, you just through chip it. Away. Chip away, chip away, chip away. Right. But if the product isn't great, you could have the best system in the world. It doesn't matter because it's kind of like a dud. Come game day, it's the complete opposite here. And so to have that happen, to be pacing back and forth in you know in my uh, my office and just not being able to know what to do with myself. And I don't know if you felt this, and I don't know if Dylan felt this way, but not, I couldn't tell at the 1v1 who actually had won. So it wasn't until the screen said it, I was like, yeah, what just happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's that magic. That, to me, is why I'm bullish. Because if the product is that good, everything else we fix. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Um, so one last thing. Uh, well, or do I have anything? Let me see. On the, I, I wrote a bunch of questions for you. Uh, obviously, like I understand, I know that you're bullish on esports, so I'm not going to ask you where, where you see the future going. Obviously, you picked us over the NFL. That says a lot within itself. Actions speak louder than words. Um, I want you to tell me how hard it was, right, from both sides, from, from the league side and the ownership side, to all come to an agreement to to pivot to online gaming because you guys wanted it to be on land i wanted it to be on land some people wanted to be online and obviously a global pandemic unexpected thing they literally and the at the worst possible time which is the inaugural season of the most important yeah. you know almost facet of our lives for me is you know obviously because of uh, i love call of duty but they, they sort of threw a wrench in the middle of this thing and all of a sudden we have to make these like incredibly harsh decisions Right. Ultimately, we ended up all coming together and, 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 and picking the right thing. But it took a while to come to that conclusion. Yes, it did. And I think it's important that what you just said about that, it took a while because it, it points to the fact this isn't a dynamic that I'm, I'm not interested in creating a dynamic that's either top down. The league office has declared. Right. That's not the business we're in. But we also need all this input. We need input that may be intuitive. We, may, we need input that's like, where's the blind spots? We need to iterate on that. We need to test on that. Um, and yeah, when you're already working from an imperfect place, 
you're never going to get, there's no right outcome. There's just a consensus driven outcome that everybody's aligned to that everybody can say, okay, I had a chance to weigh in. I understand why we're here. I had a, a, an opportunity to, you know, cast a vote. Um, and we're going to make the best of this. Like I talk about this with my team all the time. It's, it's never going to be about agreement. hundred percent. You're never going to get hundred percent agreement. You got to get hundred percent alignment. Every day there are times where I have to align to an outcome that I don't particularly personally uh, agree with, or I may have not drawn the play that way. But when you're aligned, it's it's war, right? Like we we at the league office are also fighting battles on behalf of this ecosystem that people don't see every hour of the day, and it's for the betterment of this this league. It's for the betterment of you guys, what you're building. It's for the betterment of supporting our players, and that's a thankless job, and that's okay. That's what people sign up for here. That's that's not. You know, that goes with the territory. But uh, I would say you, I, too, had to sort of check even personal preferences at the door and say, we need to just make sure the right voices are talking about this. We need to make sure that we've thought about this across not just a competitive line item, but a business implication line item, a PR implication line item, um, tech you know, there's just so much that goes into that. And so I'm just proud of, of the league because we're constantly working in these, these types of imperfections. Um, our backs are often against the wall and we lock arms and yeah. we talk about it and we push through. You know, I always say that you guys are in a tough position because you guys are literally trying to be the sort of middleman, middle woman of what us and the players are saying versus what the developer and the and you know the artists of the game you know want right and and to find that medium i mean i don't know if we'll ever get there ever right like it, it, it may not happen when you put creativity or art, art, artistic um sort of attachment to a project as these artists that create these video games do and look i've always said it from the beginning of time i'll be tough where i where i can be but i as an artist myself like Call of Duty never set out to be a sport, right? They, these were a group of artists that put a digital realm together and, you know, drew a whole bunch of soldiers and created sort of the storyline. And they never, not once, not ever, not you, not Activision, not the game publishers, not anyone, said, all right, we're going to make this an entertainment property, but it is also an, uh, a sport, right? Totally. So for us to find the happy medium where we let the artists be artists and fulfill their i mean in no other world and i mean this in no other ecosystem in no other artistic genre would you ever go to uh banksy for whatever it's worth banksy sure. say banksy don't 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 do a stencil this time do uh you know use a marker instead of spray paint on this or you know you don't offer that input into an artist's creation where here is completely different the artist goes out and creates this world and here's the league here are the team owners here are the very voiceless players and say yeah paint it the other way you know <laughs> exactly. so it's like it's like a difficult so how hard is is you managing both expectations on both mm. sides because yeah. that has to be, like, your number one, like, I w it is. is the toughest thing. I love your metaphor. That's going to stay with me. It really is. I'm going to think about that a little bit because it's so it's wise to put it that way, and it's right. I, and I think you're being very sympathetic, and I think that's important. And driving more empathy, frankly, is at least as important to the job and the outcomes I think we're going to see in the future here as, as anything. Because a lot of times it's not malintent, to your point. It's just, hey, I thought we were building a video game. Oh wait, we're doing this too. And and as those both evolve as 
mega opportunities for the same company. It's really about sort of uh, creating the dynamics for understanding, for clarity, what the roles we need to play are, when we're going to get there, how we're going to measure it. So I think a lot of the job, albeit tough, um, two things. I think me as a professional, I, I really actually get stimulated by those those tension points, provided I think there's a way through. If I felt like it was just like, okay, we're this is too hard and there's too much ego and everybody's all over the map and we're not going to get alignment, at some point I'm like, eh, I don't really know if we're going to pull this off. Firmly believe we're going to pull it off. Firmly, firmly confident in that. And if I can be somebody who sort of galvanizes uh, people to push through those tension points and really create better understanding and alignment, then I think we really blow the door open. Because where I go is, to your point, these have sort of been running in parallel, broadly speaking. The, the Call of Duty is the franchise and the game experience and Call of Duty is the esports, as the esport experience for a long time now. To be able to really say one plus one can equal three, there's you cannot convince me that there's a better brand to do it than Call of Duty. You mm -hmm. can't. Mm -mm. No, you can't. Right. Just because of the the brand cachet, the presence it has well beyond just the gaming community. But you're right. It is an everyday hustle and fight um, in the healthy way to, to set a new vision and to say we can do this. We will do this. But we got to we got to stick together and we got to understand where we're coming from. So. I don't get tired by that is, is a long way of saying like I'm built for that. I like that challenge. And I think we've moved a lot of mountains in a pretty short period of time. Right. I, I actually think we may end up starting to find more efficiency and more impact as we go forward here. And that's exciting. Cool. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Again, I'm going to hold you to it. I do need a full hour to hear your full story as to how, how you came no to problem. be. I think, uh, you know, as, as a father of a 10 year old little girl, uh, as a husband to a very, very smart and, you know, truly the backbone of, of my mm -hmm. life and my wife, I, I do appreciate the fact that you've that you've taken the risk that you've taken and that you've taken such a pivotal role in Call of Duty uh, because, you know, in the NFL, male dominated industry esports same thing so i think that the the more that we're able to bridge that gap the more inspiration people like you are going to have on my little girl and at the end of the day that's uh that's all that matters to me period so thank you for that thank you that's so kind and i appreciate it and for what it's worth my my two young boys uh know the cdl logos before they learned any other logos and i i love that and what that means for their future so it's awesome to do this we we of course love you guys we're, we're rooting for you and everybody else well, you can't do that. Look, yeah. secretly, you, you can root for just yeah. one team. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I, I lost you. Hold on. <laughs> you were saying you're it's like, oh, we're rooting for you. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're like, we're rooting for you and everybody else. Okay, look, privately, you, can, yeah, yeah, you, you keep your favoritism <laughs> behind closed door, okay, and, and wish everybody good luck. Uh, Johanna, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Oh, one last thing. Fun thing. Yes. Uh, yes. The ring. How cool is the ring? Come on who, now. Who, who came up with it? The fact that the band is the CDL logo, that yes, is Yes, so you're nasty. an artist. Yes, So I you am. appreciate these things. I did. I did. Uh, I think it's awesome. The throne, that was good. Never have has Call of Duty ever not taken care of the organizations. I had, Johan, I'm going to tell you something. This Call of Duty World Championship ring, I stole scumps, took it to my jeweler, and told them, replicate this, put diamonds on mine. Uh, so I can have one uh -huh. too. But can you believe that up until you came here, the league wouldn't give us our own rings? 
if you're crazy. Can, you know, Is that true? That. Yeah, that's true. So you you tell me who no, to yell that's... at, I will. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm also curious now that we're talking about the throne. If it makes its way to the hex quarters, where will you put it? That's what I'm curious about. I will put it dead in the middle of that. And if I ever get the render for the original World Call of Duty World Championship, uh, maybe you can help me with that. I just need the render. I'll go get the replica, but I need it. It's the only is I, I have the most important ring and, and trophy that's not in the trophy case, right? So it's gonna go along. I hear you. It's gonna go along with the other you know decade or so of hard work from all the players that have come through through uh through our house, and that's where it'll live forever. That's awesome. Yeah. Well. Uh, who who's to say like i said best of luck but i'm glad you like the rings we wanted to go black diamond Love you know it. we're in this yeah. sort of you know black vibe with all of our logo and our trophy so i feel like the hardware is going to look pretty dope here so uh, um i can't wait we'll to see. to rock a third one i appreciate you joanna johanna thank you so much we'll see you on the other one sounds good thanks so much thank you so again, Johanna, thank you so much for stopping by, and I truly do hope to have you on the Eavesdrop Podcast for one full hour to discuss where you came from, how you came to be, and you know the deal. Anyway, everybody, it is time for the first announcement of the day. It is time for me to give you the special treat, the special announcement that is the All-Star Game presented by Metro by T-Mobile. The All-Star Game is a Pro Skills 1v1 tournament. How does it work, you ask? Well, let me tell you. The Metro by T-Mobile All-Star Pro Skills Tournament puts the top talent in the CDL in a head-to-head 32-player, one-versus-one, single elimination tournament happening on Saturday and Sunday, September 12th and 13th. Uh, the total event prize pool is going to be $100,000, where first place gets $15,000. Fans vote for CDL All-Stars. Two players from each team are voted in by the fans. Regular season MVP and champs MVP auto qualify and having the final six players voted in by some of the casters. More information is available for you at CallDutyLeague.com. So make sure you learn more about how the event works and how to vote in for this year's All-Stars. Go sign up. Go vote. Have a good time. Okay, speaking of All-Stars, we have Coach of the Year last year and also I think player MVP, I think, or he should have been. If he didn't get it, gosh darn it, he should have. Both. From Atlanta phase, my man Crowder and Preston Priesta, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Gentlemen from phase, Atlanta, what is going on, Crowder? What's going on, Preston, you fucking tank? Can I tell you how impressed I am by your gameplay? Not that last year, both of you, under 100 Thieves, that wasn't impressive enough. But this year, for you to carry on what you were bringing last year, the fire that you have... Look, I commend you, young man. I commend you. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. It's been grinding my ass off, man. Just going crazy. Yeah, well, listen, I, I also have to give you props. Uh, Crowder, obviously, you, you've been streaming every <laughs> single day, every morning. And, dude, grinds like that are hard to do. So, you know, obviously, you're, you're doing well. But I know that it, it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, thank so thank you. Thank you both for stopping by on the episode of eavesdrop podcast. Hopefully a one day or another, we're going to have an individual podcast with both of you, right? One with Crowder, one with Priest. at some point. I'd like to have you guys on for, for a complete hour instead of the short amount of time that I have you guys today. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely yeah, love that. Down, one of my favorites. Oh, hell yeah. Look, so I'm, I'm always booking, around, man. I'm booking talent left and right. It's just, I'm working, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> guys, uh, how has this year impacted your day-to-day life? Obviously, you both had to move from L.A., am I right, to, to Atlanta? I was in Colorado. I LA, yeah. 
Uh, wait, you said Colorado, right? Yeah, I yeah, was out of Colorado. Yeah. Cool. Uh, obviously, you guys have been around for the longest time, right? We, we've seen a lot of iterations of Call of Duty going into this year. like, And, and I'm talking put the pandemic aside, uh, put uh, everything that the online competition uh, aside from a, from a team's perspective, from a franchise perspective. Uh, how are you guys enjoying the switch over? Want to go first, Preston? Um, I mean, it's been good. I mean... It's kind of the same thing as last year for me. I just been kind of just putting in a lot of work and just grinding, trying to you know stay at the top and keep winning events consistently. Just like if I won events last year and I came into this year and just didn't win, then like people would you know wouldn't think I'm that good. So I just mm -hmm. kind of wanted to show everyone that I could do it again, and that's kind of just but what I've been working on, just kind of just staying on the top, really. Yeah, I would, I would say the same thing. I mean, obviously last year I had the big switch up from being a pro player and obviously not qualifying and then going to coaching. But uh, even, like, coaching last year to this year, I feel with, like, how this franchise league has gone, it's just there's so much competition, like, with all these teams and just, like, being able to prepare through the year. And, like, I don't know. I feel like it feels so legit right now, like, having, like, the long season of, like, your ups and downs. Like, my team, every team has gone through them. And coaching that is, like, my favorite part of coaching, you know, like, getting through those tough times and, like, having the players, like, stick through it and talk it out and, like, those really long annoying calls that Preston knows about where like things just aren't going your way. Like that's the best part about this is figuring out those problems and then obviously overcoming that and like getting to the top of where you can get to. That's it. It's, it's insane to me how, how quickly you were able to pivot to being a coach and putting the coach's hat on and the delivery of your work that showed through two championships with uh, with hundred thieves. Am I correct? Two, was it was a two or yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, two with the two with a hundred thieves. Uh, being ranked number one throughout the entire season, being the team to beat the entire season uh, of of the new CDL. That that's gotta do something to the ego. No, that's gotta give you a little bit of props on your own. Like, damn, I am that dude. <laughs> I mean. Not really, just because I've had a lot of talented players I've coached, man. Like, I've been super grateful of every player that I've worked with throughout, like, the two years of me coaching now have been super, super easy to work with. And on top of that, obviously, just helping them out. I've, I've definitely noticed that some of the players that I've been playing are some of the best players in the world. So, I mean, a lot of that goes to them, not me. <laughs> nah, he's a, he's a good, he knows he's a good coach. He just doesn't want to say it. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's just mellow, you know. He's a humble dude, just like me. You know, yeah, we humble, hate yeah. we hate talking about ourselves. <laughs> uh, Preston, obviously, going into this weekend, you guys are, are uh, obviously seated number one. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you guys have one match on Saturday, which is against uh, Empire, and hopefully, you guys advance. Is is do you guys see any fear or do you guys see any downside to the fact that you guys are going to be sitting around waiting one to see what happens with Huntsman and and uh and London, and then after that, the winner of that plays whoever, you know, lost between that. It, do you see from the format perspective, is that something that you guys pay a lot of attention to? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been weird, the format changing. Like, we played one match, and then we have to wait a week to play again. So it's a little bit weird. Like, we're going into this week, like, making sure we're just trying to grind as much as we can, get, as, like, the best practice we possibly can, but it's tough because a, a lot of pro teams aren't scrimming anymore. So, like, we have to scrim amateur teams or – you know, like shoot bots or whatever we had to do. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting, and we got to sit back and like kind of see how it plays out. And I mean, Dallas is a tough team, so we know like you know we've been playing them all year, and they're really good. So we're gonna go in and just kind of just game plan as best as we can, and just try to come out with the win. Really, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season who the top four were gonna be or the final four were gonna be, it would have been this this group. I I had L London. Mm -hmm. 
uh, as one of the favorites very early on. I'm obviously not, never going to bet against myself, so I knew that we were going to be there. And then you and obviously Empire. Uh, from a young talent perspective on the Empire side and then having the two vets – uh, Crowder, uh, what what do you think of uh, of the chemistry that they brought together? Because at first, I'll be honest, I didn't think that Clay and and Krim were going to be able to click, right? Because from a leadership yeah. standpoint, you can't have that many cooks in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be one chef. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, their team when they first formed, I actually love their team because that's just something I've always been a big fan of is bringing in that young talent. And Kyler or Huke has been one of the stellar talents through our CWL, everything, and he's just such a good player. And then bringing along Shotzi, I mean, no one really knew how he was going to play, and he got a lot of flack in the beginning of the season where obviously he wasn't doing that good and he was struggling, but I think everyone kind of knew once he figured out, like, what he's got to do and, like, how he kind of can control or master this game, he was going to be good. You, you cannot be so talented at one FPS and just not be able to transfer a little bit of that over, and he did it more than that i mean he got the mvp this year and he's such a talented player and having those guys be able to mold them their team is just incredible and that's something that i was kind of skeptical on too was like the not like having clay and Krim, but i think they figured out a good re like a good balance i've teamed with clay i've never teamed with Krim, but i've known Krim now for years and i've kind of seen him on stream of how he leads his teams they're like a different sort of leadership and i think it kind of works out pretty well for them like Krim is a very, very, like, he's like the hard ass, you know, he, like, he makes sure everyone's doing their thing in scrims and not goofing off. And then Clay's like the more like gassing your teammates. And I think I just saw a clip on Twitter or something of uh, Tyler's two piece. And like, he was absolutely like every single player on his team, he was hyping up and stuff. And like, that's a leadership that you need, like in those big moments and those big, play, like those big plays that he's like perfect for. So I, I think they kind of mesh really, really, really well with like the young talent that they got. And then like to speak on Illy too, Illy is someone that even if he struggled this year in respawn, he's so good at search and destroy and search and destroy is just so overlooked till this day. I still think it really is. And even if he did struggle, which he really didn't this year, he was going to be so important to that team regardless. And I don't know. They, I don't know. they have like the complete team. They're really good. I, I agree. Uh, Preston, I'm going to ask you this question about the coach, uh, mm-hmm. because obviously he's going to want to, you know, say that he would like to be the, but here's a question. Uh, in other esports, the coaches are sometimes allowed to speak, right? They they are there. Do you think that we should set the tone going into next year, allowing a fifth or sixth microphone to be in the in the game? Do you think that that will offer something? Would it be beneficial to players to have? Let's talk about your particular scenario. Would it be beneficial to you guys to have Crowder walking back and forth, back and forth, just giving out shout outs, giving out call outs, and, and having that that extra pair? Or would that just make it too chaotic for you guys to be able to do your job? I mean, I, I feel like it would benefit us, like if we just found the right balance, right? So like in Hardpoint or like Respawn, if we we're getting like too hectic or something, Crowder could come in and be like, hey, calm, calm down the comms a little bit. Or like, hey, like start rotating, stuff like that. It's like minor like comments in the middle of the game. I'm sure it would help us. Same with S&D. Like if he notices they're doing something that we're not noticing, I'm sure he could help like in game. Uh, so I mean, that would definitely be interesting. I think depending on how the coaches go about it, it could probably hurt teams too. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think with this team and Crowder as a coach, it would probably help us. Crowder? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird because obviously I'm the coach and man, the amount of series that I've watched them play where I just want to jump into team speak and just be like, no, like do not do that. Please like stop doing this, like or adjust to what they're doing. I think I could help out a lot. But at the same time, 
I feel that takes away from a lot of the leadership that yeah. like some of players like Clay, Krim, and so many other players in this league really have. Like mm -hmm. that's a skill set that not everyone can carry, and I think it's super super overlooked and and, and undervalued sometimes. Like obviously Krim and Clay, they get a lot of credit, but they're also very successful. But those players really do matter in teams sometimes, especially depending on like the coaching staffs and stuff. So like, I don't know. Like I would love to be on that stage selfishly. I would absolutely love it. And yeah, when there's hectic comms or rotating at the right time or telling them to adjust and there's so much I could do, but I feel like that would be taking away the importance of how sometimes that leadership really does go such a long way in those big moments, especially on a stage as big as champs that we're playing right now with all the money on the line. So I, I'm torn. I'm like 50-50. I think I would almost like not want to be there, but selfishly, I would love to be there. I don't know. I'm definitely torn. I always wondered that uh, from a coach's perspective, from a player's perspective on whether or not that would be a thing. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I think it would offer another level of, of uh, you know, to the meta essentially, right, of, yeah. of what competitive is and who has. And then now you have, as an organization, now you have to concentrate on really making sure that you have like a top-tier coach that's going to be able to, one, analyze, two, and then the coaching staff, like what does that look like? So, I mean, yeah, it adds an, a, a, like a massive element to the thing, but I do think that from a professional standpoint, I think that it would add another element that is utilized right now, currently, obviously, in all traditional sports. And trust me, I'm a, I'm a big fan of saying, like, let's follow the sports model, but reinvent it and apply it to our current day and age and not do it exactly like they're doing it. But I, I do think that there's a place uh, in a time where we should be able to do something like that. Um, have either of you seen The Rings? <laughs> have you guys seen The Ring for this year? Oh, no. Uh, I haven't. No. You have not. Okay, I'm going to share my screen right now. Oh, man. Uh, and I'm going to show it to you guys. Look at this ring. Okay, and, and I, I want you guys to give me your first impressions looking at The Ring, right? I mean, even if you look at it right now, right? Like the, the, the messaging itself is like, no messaging. It's just fucking dope, right? And if, if I was able to zoom in on this, can I? Oh, perfect. Okay, look at that thing. I'm going to give you a couple of details see, so you guys can see what's going on. Look, do you see the, the band itself has the CDL logo on it? You that's see the it? That's first thing oh. I noticed, yeah. No, yeah, that's sick. I, didn't even, I actually didn't even see that. I was looking at like the shape and the, just the black <laughs> color and stuff. Dude, black diamonds all around. Yeah, that's sick. The gold hit at the top that says Call of Duty League. 2020 on one side, uh, champions on the other. Uh, I... I can't find anything negative to say about it. Uh, the the only one thing that says like where's the, the the team logo, but to be honest, dude, I don't care. I need this thing. I need I need it. You need it. Everybody needs it. Now here's another thing. Okay, here's another thing that they haven't told you guys. Uh, aside from this, there's another one thing that you guys are gonna have the honor of bringing back to your house. By your house, I mean your team, the house of Phase, and it is the first of its kind throne trophy created by sharon barber a world-renowned designer right this here is the trophy that the league or the the team players oh i'm sorry the organization gets to bring home can you guys see it yeah, yeah that's so cool that's how, actually crazy how sick is that i mean the, the whole dude just looks like one of a call of duty player right some dude wearing a hat just sitting yeah. down with a hoodie Ready to game, ready to get some wins, get into some dubs. Uh, thoughts on both of those? Well, first of all, the ring that I that's that might be my favorite ring I've seen. I I like the so I love black diamonds. So Same. that's like right up my alley. And like 
I, I, I kind of wish I was playing. I want to win that ring. <laughs> just the ring blacked out with the gold text in the middle just looks yeah, so clean. Man, and then man, I didn't even what... realize the ring part, too, is like, like the actual logo. That's yeah. it just put together so well. Uh, that's I the know. first thing I noticed is that, that the band. I that, That's such a, oh, my God. It's a good hit, right? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good nut. That's so cool, yeah. Look, I didn't want to show it to you guys because I didn't want to get you guys hyped up to try a little <laughs> bit harder, but I had to do it. It is such a good thing. The, the thing about it is that, it is such a memorable thing to have. Look, I, I, I wear mine. I have them on display on those two little white things right there at all times. It is it is something near and dear to my heart because it represents, uh, you know, a, a year's worth of hard work going to uh, one common goal that epitomizes what you guys have done in the entire league. So with that said, guys, and I'm going to let you go, Preston. I know that you have some scrims. Crowder, I know that you got to prepare, uh, but but – I will say this. I hope that I see you guys in the finals. I hope that we have one of the best matches out there that has ever seen. Obviously, it's going to be tough, right? Because what Modern Warfare has given us is so many round 11s. More round 11s than I think in the history of Call of Duty. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Even Game 5, there's been so it many. Has, I feel like. It has to be up there. It has to be up there. Yeah. There's no way it's not. Dude, it's like every match is a round 11. <laughs> I'm sorry, a game five, round 11. I cannot get out of this like weird sort of mood every single time there's a match because no matter who it is, and it's a testament, truly, right? It's a testament that the 60 players that are competing on this team, on the on this league, are the creme de la creme, top of the top, and that's why it always goes to a game five, round 11 sometimes, right? That's why it's, this league is awesome, man. That I is mean, so, I can... it's so right. Dude, watching your match, like your last match, Hector, like the Huntsman, op oh my gosh. I was freaking out for like, I, I was freaking out. I had nothing to do with the match and I was freaking out. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's like some the, of the matches you see though. That's one thing I was gonna say too is like even like CSGO tournaments or any tournaments that I like watch that I'm not playing in, like it makes me more nervous than when I'm actually playing. And like to be honest, when these tournaments are going on, most of the time I'm I'm playing, I'm shooting bots or I'm scrimming. But like every time I watch matches, it's just crazy for me to even watch. Like so I can only imagine from a like a viewer's perspective how nuts it is. Think how I feel when I'm watching. Oh, you. I dude, I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, imagine your blood's probably pumping more than ours, dude. I'm it so is. shaking from two days ago. If I'm being honest, like I'm literally <laughs> like, oh god, oh, that was such a such a crazy thing. Uh, anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by to the Eavesdrop Podcast again. I will have you guys on individually at some point or another. We'll coordinate that another time. I wish you luck uh, this weekend and hope to see you in the finals. Good luck, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. See you soon. So, again, super shout-out to both Crowder and Priesta for joining me on the eavesdrop. Uh, at one point or another, I'm going to have both of them in and have a real conversation about how they came to be. In the meantime, gosh darn it, we're going to talk about the throne that I just talked about, the thing that I just showed them that we as league uh, team owners are going to receive as our winning uh, trophy to take home. Uh, the throne, everybody knows Champs gives the winning team $1.5 million. Everybody knows that, right? But what they didn't know, and you didn't know until a couple of seconds ago, is that they're now going to be giving away this incredible this incredible, and I mean it, this is dope. This is hip-hop. This fits perfectly back here with any of my figurine collectibles that I have going on. It is designed by Sharon Barber, a world-renowned designer. Uh, completely custom and unique. Only one of these will be made to whoever walks the line and, you know, walks away uh, the winner. I think it's going to look great in the Hex quarters. If I'm being honest, if we're the ones that win, I, I, I can't wait. You know, it's going to be one of the uh, – I, I might put it as a, as a walk-in feature. I might buy a pedestal for it and put it in the entrance uh, of the hex world. So when you walk in, everybody knows what, what sort of space that they're stepping into. It's a faint reminder of who is who uh, that's going where. Speaking of legends, speaking 
of going somewhere. We're going all the way to Europe. We're going all the way to London. Today, we have Amish Shah and my man Shawnee, who, by the way, murdered it last weekend from the London, from the London Royal Ravens. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, 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 Amish, ah, you're my buddy, bud. Thank you so much. I will tell you this. I'm a little bit upset at you that you guys still haven't sent me my VIP uh, lanyard for my collection back there. Ugh. You know, I, I have it I have it upstairs, but I figured, you know what? You see if that? you beat us, I'll ship it. If you lose, then I think uh, you may have to wear one of these for me. Uh, I got I, it right here. I'll tell you what. I that, you know. I tell you what, if it, that's cool, man. I, at first, first it was this whole thing like, yeah, I'm gonna get you whatever you want. I'm gonna yeah, get you this you thing. Go. All right, but now, now there's caveats. Now I have to wear a, I have to, I have to wear a scarf, and I have to do this, that, and the other. I'm not. I, don't I mean, know. I think this would look good on you, right? What do you think, Shawnee? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Listen, to the you know? UK scarf. Listen, as a as, as a six percent Englishman myself, okay, according <laughs> to my DNA, I, I'd gladly wear wear something like that from London. But anyway, uh, we have uh, Amish. Amish, uh, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly to the to the podcast? Yeah, sure. You know, Amish, uh, you know, founder, chairman of Rec Global, the parent company to uh, the London Royal Ravens. Pleasure, pleasure to have you. So, short and sweet. <laughs> Shawnee. Never short and sweet, but Sha today, oh. Shawnee needs no introduction, but I'm going to let him do it anyway. <laughs> oh, hi. My name's Sean, Shawnee O'Connor. I'm a, a player for the London Royal Ravens, and we uh, just qualified for the playoffs last uh, last couple of days. So, yeah, feeling good. We didn't, we, we, didn't just, we didn't just qualify. <laughs> he was the, the man. Oh, no. He's yeah, I mean, I kind of I went off for a bit. Um, yeah, I was grinding hard for it, so you know, I kind of just popped off. Had to qualify real quick, kind of get to the playoffs, you know, the biggest event ever, essentially. So, I'll take it. Yeah, listen, I if if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year the top four, <laughs> I would have I would have picked the top four that are going to the league right now into the finals. I would have put you yeah. guys, uh, Empire, uh, Phase, and us as the as the top four. Obviously, the amount of close matches that have happened uh, to us specifically has been just like heart. Uh, like uh, heart palpitating, my gut wrenching. Yeah. Uh, Amish, did you go through these same same feelings as you were watching this? I mean, let me just tell you what I went through. I mean, you know, I, watching your game, I kept thinking that I would hate to lose that game in that eleven <laughs> round eleven. Yeah, I kept thinking to you. In fact, I think I direct message you tweeted did. you, you did. like, dude, you deserve it. Congrats. I mean, you built Call of Duty, you know, and I think oh. going against your old nemesis, I'm gonna turn it back to you. I mean, what did that feel like? Look, I, I've talked about it so much this week. Look, I, I'll tell you what. Okay. I, I, uh, it, it. I did my usual routine, which is not wa not watch while the players are playing, and then just be in a separate, completely separate room. So I did that. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was emotional. Look, I've, I've gone through the thing. Is it's like every single year we go through emotional roller coasters like that. Sure. Sure. This time was no different than any other one, except for the fact that I was going up against my, you know, my my old brand. Um, I don't know. It, it was so it was, just, it was just like, so it just felt a little bit more different. <laughs> uh, it was a great, it was a great storyline, by the way. Yeah, great right, storyline. Yeah. You couldn't no, no, write no, it better. You couldn't, right? you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't have written, you couldn't have written a bail. But turn it back to London because that's what we care about. Yes, today. that's all Is we that, care about today. Yeah, that's listen, why I have you listen, guys let, here. Let's just be candid, right? Last time I saw you was in London, and yes, I got it upstairs. You know, next time I want to give it to you in person and put put that VIP thing to add to your list around your neck. I don't want to put that medal around your neck to win it all, but I. Yeah, well, listen. Everyone knows as a team, but but as an organization as well. Yeah, well, thank you, man. You know, I and appreciate I think that. that these 
Yeah, no, you got it. I think what I wanted to say was like, listen, these guys have been, you know, grinders and that's why we got them. They're scrappy, they're grinders. And, you know, that's why we got them. And I think the big difference for us is, you know, we're not in our home market, right? Us in Paris aren't in our home markets. And when you talk about emotions, I feel bad when someone's grandmother dies and they can't go home to see them. Yeah. I feel bad that, you know, what I could go see my family and drive over if I want to, and they can't. And I think there's a lot of things that they went through. Not Forget about everything in the game and what happened with Zero last week and things like that. But I think more as an owner, you look at their livelihood. And I have kids myself, and I look at them all as kids because I'm twice their age, if not yeah. more. <laughs> and I think I feel True. for them, not just when they play, but when they're not there. And I think Shawnee could tell you more on how we try to – you know, help them any way we can. Right. I think it's, it's one thing to build the brand, which I think we've done a good job with the authenticity. All, Amazing you know, job. Amazing job. Yeah. And I think if you look at the four teams you mentioned, you'd have at the top of the year, listen, we're the only non-endemic brand. I mean, you got, you, you've been in call of duty. You're a legend. You've been there forever. Uh, Hastro has been there with Dallas empire and then phase is just phase. Right. And they've always had a brand. So for us, it was brand new. Granted, we got Michael O'Dell and Odie leading the charge. Uh, granted that, you know, we think we know what we're doing, right. But it's another thing to be actually faced with a pandemic. And, uh, you know, I feel for the fans, we got the best fans in the world. Yeah. And I think I'll top it off is I wish we had a second home stand or I wish champs was in London. I think we would give, you know, it would be, be insane. So it would, so be, I think, it would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, would yeah. Be. But I'm just, I'm just happy for these guys. They work so hard day and night since day one, when we got Wuskin scraps and Dylan first. We talked about what it would be like to be champs. And that's been the goal, Hector, you know, throughout this whole thing. I know it sounds crazy, even for an organization that's new to the game here, but it was represent your country. That's the other thing we bring. Yeah. Right. No yeah. other organization, even Paris, can say that because they don't have one French player. But what does it feel like <laughs> to represent your country? So with that, I'll bring it back to you and Shawnee. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, look, I, I wanted to ask you this because it, it – it, People ask this of me every, every time that they get a chance. What can you elaborate a little bit, right? Because I always tell them, like, it took all 12 ownership plus the league to agree on, on going through every single option that we had to make this happen on land. But ultimately, we decided against it and we decided on the right thing because we weighed all the options. But can you tell them how long it took to make that decision? Wow. I mean, months, right? I think uh, I got to give the league credit that they looked at every little thing in the 360 angle. They want to have champs in person, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's sponsorships. It's the live event model that we bought into. But we all know every player would play in a land tomorrow, you yeah, know. 100%. Uh, but, you know, this is probably once in a lifetime thing that we're going through. And as an ownership group, I look at it from a different lens than just playing and winning be the adult just like i tell my kids i hate yelling at them hate telling them some of the things they can't do but they don't know right from wrong and then you know they don't understand it and i think for us it was simple you know where we've been with this from day one yeah especially dave my partner in crime oh. and think it's the right thing yeah to do anything in person you look at traditional sports look at baseball look at a lot of these i mean we don't have the budget like the bubble like the nba does which is also something we talked about but no it took months. I thought the league did the right choice, and nothing's going to be perfect year one. But you know, I think we are where we are, and I'm ha I thought this weekend was amazing. 
I, I do too. Shawnee, uh, obviously, yep. you know, uh, with with what happened to you guys and what happened to you guys on, on, on day one of this whole thing yeah. with Zero, like that had to have been such a demoralizing thing because you always hear it and you always hear it happen to other people. But when it happens to you, that's when you really like, yeah. man, this this is really tough. I, I got to commend you, uh, all of you, man, <laughs> truly, because it, it's it's something mentally tough to come back from. So what, what yeah. was like between you on guys, what, what happened? Like, uh, how did you? gather brains and say let's yeah. fucking move forward well let me just like set the story we like we built a plan for like three weeks to beat toronto in the first winner's bracket and then we get there and we're in the fourth map and we're pretty pretty decent spot considering to go last map and uh, obviously he gets hit offline but um when he got hit offline we us four me dylan scraps and whiskin we all said we were still in the match and we still had a chance we went extra hard in that 4v5 to try and make it because we knew it was the last chance of the winner bracket and honestly, I think that sparked like a fire on everyone because right after the gloss, we were all pretty, not high spirits, but like, right, okay, this is out of our control. That's mm -hmm. like, there's nothing we can do anymore. It, honestly, one of the biggest biggest voices for it was like scraps. It was like um, a lot of us were just, we all kept saying the same thing, but Matty just kept saying like, listen, this, that is it. We have got one more chance and we have Paris in New York. And that's what we knew at the time. And obviously in our eyes, it's a great run especially mm -hmm. to get to playoffs. And then we heard that we played Toronto in the last game to qualify. So like, in our mental, it was just meant to be. Like, we had, we had grief with New York, which I said meant of you. Like, I had a little bit of grief with them. Mm -hmm. So it was good to play them. And Paris beat us at our most recent event, our own homestand. Yeah. And that was really that was really rough to take. Yeah. And then we had Toronto, who just won, was a couple of European players who just won the last event, and then we got booted offline playing them. So it was just all written in the stars, man. I don't know what to say. Like it was just, it was just all lined up perfectly. It's like one by one, just beat these three teams, and you're in the top four where you wanted to be. So yeah, like I said it took a lot of mental strength from all of us, like especially after the rough year that everyone's had. And honestly, I just think that was that was like the difference maker between all the teams that we just had that actual mental that mental edge on people yeah look you, you guys you guys tied up your boots and went to war man like you you yeah. guys again mentally recovering from something like that is extremely extremely difficult and you guys did it yeah. and you did it in style uh i do like the the post-match interview where you called out <laughs> who you called out i think that we need more of that if 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 it lends itself to be something that's organic yeah. you know forcing situations like that obviously it's never right. a good thing but yeah. because this was an ongoing thing i think that it was like primo stuff man so yeah. I, I i gotta tell you I, i'd appreciate it i personally appreciate yeah. it i thought it was good thank good you it's like um i didn't really like i said it wasn't just made up like you said it was it was really something that we've all been thinking about like we had some like personal beef with them just from scrims it wasn't anything like insults and like stuff like that yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. too it was just like from scrims they were just take they were basically taking the piss in scrims because they, they just won their home stand yeah. they were taking the piss they started like roasting <laughs> dylan because obviously dylan's not had the best year compared to last year yeah and obviously they were roasting dylan even i was getting roasted like every, people they were just obviously they just won an event so like we couldn't really say much so all of us just kept saying bite your tongue champs is coming up and they went on our bracket they weren't anywhere near our bracket but they lost, we lost, and we played each other, and it was just written. And I said, as soon as they won the game, I told everyone, I am getting them back, and they're getting told. So, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a good feeling. Never, you, yeah, you never want to go with the guy, a Scottish temper there, Hector. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? no, no, no. No, of course not. I, I Look, again, it, it's good for the show. Uh, personally, I thought it was a really good idea. Have you seen uh, the champs uh, ring? The reason I'm wearing the rings right now is, have you yeah, seen, seen them? them. How... I've seen them. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah, it's like really, really good. It looks really, really sick. Okay, Amish, I'm going to I'm gonna. I think warn it will look better on my hand, though. Well, sure, look, I, I have <laughs> you two. You got two. Well, I got one, one's Halo. The other one is, is the Call of Duty one. 
but amazing. but I'm gonna tell you what, <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna I'm warning you right now, Amish. Okay, you have to buy your own ring. They they'll give them to the players, but for you yourself, you have to buy your own ring. Which is, yeah, whatever. This year, uh, I I wouldn't mind buying. I tell you what, I hope that I buy. We, I'm gonna put this on on air here. If we win, I'll even buy you a ring. Okay. All right. All right. If you Deal. win, I'll buy you the ring. <laughs> okay. Deal. Everyone's getting a ring. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. If, if, if you guys win a world championship, I'm buying Amish the, the ring. If yeah. we win the world championship, he's going to buy me the ring. But, you know, Done. I, I got to have some say in it, okay? Because I, I, I usually do uh, I do like to add a little bling to, to mine, which is not what they put on the – on the original one, I added all those extra ones, but uh, I'm, I'm super psyched about it, uh, guys. Um, going into this weekend, you guys, we're gonna be facing off each other. Okay, the way that we're facing yeah. off right now, we're gonna be facing off each other. I wish, I wish it would be live. I wish it would be live in London. I wish it would be live in Chicago. I don't care where it was live. I just wish that the crowd was there because yeah. it's such an important factor of it. Um, what? What sort of preparation and what routes are you going to be going into when we play? Okay. I'm kidding. But... <laughs> I was I'm listening to that. Like, see, did he say that? I was, I was a bit confused. I was a bit still answering the question. No. I was like, what? No, no, no. Look, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I look forward to it. I am glad that it's, it's, uh, it's you guys. I called it from the beginning. Uh, just the storylines, obviously, the, your twins coming back together, and and uh, and really, I mean, if you if you look at uh, at Wuskins and and the way that he stepped up this year, like Scraps, obviously, is always a given that he's going to be a tank. But after having the year that that Wuskins had last year and coming back to doing what he's doing, like what well, I, I, top sniper, I don't know. I mean, second top sniper, sure. Yeah. This will be, yeah. But he is disgusting. <laughs> and as a sniper fan, as you guys can see right yeah, now, I, I am so happy for him, dude, because it was yeah. we had a conversation last year. In the at champs where he was just like he just wanted to quit and i, I looked at him I'm like you're not ready to quit and that's all i said like zero chance you're just talking shit right now uh yeah, he's brought, but that, up. He's brought he, that up a few times yeah he's dude. an emotional yeah. player yeah he's an emotional player i think you know that's what you get with brad i love his heart and that's what you get with the twins and yep. you know like i said i'm just excited for all the fans we're talking about fans and we got the sixth raven and the fans and i'm excited for these guys i mean yeah you know what skin scraps get a lot of the uh, press because everyone loves that twin story and they got a great yeah. story. But I think for me, there's so many storylines, yeah. right? I mean, zero coming over meshing with the team after New York kind of exiled them. And then you got Shawnee who was a sub mm -hmm. and just waiting for his chance. And yeah. we sent him over here. And let me tell you, this kid is the perfect gentleman and the coaches. Well, Thank people you. don't know Hector. We made a coaching <laughs> change and we kept it quiet. That's the one thing you'll learn about is we try to keep things inside internal and Dom and Shane, Dom's been more the head coach now, not Joe. Yeah. Joe's, you know, has, you know, we kind of, he went back to the UK. And, uh, you know, I think if you look, Dom and Shane have put some things in that have really gotten this team peaking. Right, Sha Shawnee, is that what you think? Yeah. That the coaching staff and yeah, you guys have well, just really started peaking at the right time. Yeah, so pretty much um, like the practice was like for like a week leading up to the event wasn't the best, but then we had like a sit down, like the coaches spoke to us and I had some problems like, like with, the gameplay like with the coaches like just basically figuring things out it just wasn't working for a little bit and then we just we just started brainstorming and they were telling me some things to add to the game and i was listening i'm pretty sure they've done the same to everyone else but they had a lot of like one-on-ones with me to like basically say listen sean you need to be doing this you need to be doing that and I've, i just kept saying yeah i've got you i've got you i kept saying it and they must have thought it was going to one year and out the other but then it uh, came to the, just before the event i said listen everything you've told me just know it's i've, I've took it on board and we're like we're gonna we're gonna do well at this event, trust me. And then yeah, we ended up we ended up smashing it. And I would say a lot of it is even though us five players are the ones performing, a lot of it is to the coaches. Like deep down I know a lot of people say that just to say it. Like I, I am genuinely being serious. 
with our two coaches, they helped me personally a lot, and I can imagine they've done it for everyone else in the team. And the biggest, as big as a part of like this accomplishment as the rest of us, to be honest. So yeah, and I think, I think that, yeah, and I want to add in Michael Odell is not on the call. Odie, I mean, Odie yeah. founded Dignitas, been in the scene since 2003. He's just been through it all. I'm going to use that fatherly analogy. He's around my age too. We're a little older than me. But, you know, he's been through it all, which Dave and me haven't, right? We're not your traditional, like you and Hastro or some of these other endemic guys. But Michael is. And he's British. So he could say things that I, I can't say on, uh, <laughs> on air, right, Shawnee? So he gets yeah, he, in the line. But, but it's a team guy. effort. Yeah, Hector, it's a team effort, man. You yeah. know, we it would not be done from top to bottom, from everyone in here to get to where we are. Very good. Dudes, I cannot wait to face you guys. I cannot wait uh, to see what the outcome is. Uh Win or lose, I think that we've all together have done a very good job at making sure that the season one of the CDL has been one of the most memorable ones. Obviously, a lot of history leading up to it. Obviously, uh, us jumping into it from a financial standpoint and from a commitment standpoint, time commitment, it, it really does show what we what hopes we have for the future of this league. So with that, gentlemen, I'll let you guys go on up on your day. I know that you got scrims and I know that you got many businesses to run, brother. So I'll uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cool. Thanks, Hector. Good luck this weekend, brother. You too, guys. Cheers. You too. Good luck. Cheers. Good luck, man. Nice talking to you. Be good. We'll speak soon. Yeah. yeah All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. So again, Amish, Shawnee, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you guys want to stick around, go on mute because I'm about to announce something that you guys don't even know. Okay? Everybody, welcome to the Fan Choice Awards presented by Metro by T-Mobile. In the theme of an all-star week and in celebrating the best and brightest of the 2020 CDL season, we're happy to announce that the CDL Fan Choice Awards presented by Metro by T-Mobile. The Fan Choice Awards will celebrate your favorite moments, players, storylines, memes, you name it. As you, the fans, decide right now, as we speak, as you're watching this, you can go to CallDutyLeague.com and let your voice be heard for who you think should win. We want you to decide everything from who was the best duo, the most dominant marksman. Look, first of all, I'm going to answer right there. T2P. The most dominant marksman? Hex. Who do you think is the mayor over Dansk? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, hmm, the mayor of Verdansk. I'm going to say Hutch just because he's my friend. No other qualification. He sucks. He's, I'm just going to say Hutch because he's my boy. I would say Diesel, but Diesel's actually good at the game, so he needs no praise. Okay, so uh, other fun, other fun categories. The Fan Choice Awards uh, voting will be open from now until the midnight of August 30th. As the Champs weekend wraps up, the CDL will reveal the winners on the Sunday, uh, September 13th at the All-Star Weekend. Be sure to go vote. And now, let your voice be heard. Shout out to our friends at Metro by T-Mobile, sponsor of the Huntsman, by the way. Shout out to them. Double shout out. Not only sponsor of the league, but also supporter of yours truly and his squad, the Huntsman. And again, super thank you to them for helping to put together this incredible opportunity for the fans to have their voice be heard. Now, having said that, and with that said, we're going to go over to my nemesis, Okay, my antagonist to my story, but also happens to be a very good friend of mine. So my feelings are confused. We just went fishing recently. My man, the myth, the legend, Hastro. And for the final guest of the episode, the very special Eavesdrop CDL collaboration, we have honorable guest Mike Raphael, also known as Hastro, <laughs> also known as my nemesis also known as my 
compadre. I mean, that there's no other way, mm-hmm. uh, no other way to say we were literally just fishing. But you better believe that next weekend you're gonna be fucking like fuck hex, fuck that, fuck. You know, I'm not friends with nobody this weekend. We gotta fucking only win. if we play each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah. We yeah. we want to play each other in the final. When we, when we play each other in the final. All right. I'm, and look, as long as I'm in the final, so I don't give a fuck who we're playing. But yeah, it'd be cool to fucking yeah. uh, imagine. Oh, I, 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 I want it to be. You know, if it's us, if it's us two in the final, then it, then it's just the right way. I, th- I, I right think way. I think it'd be a good combination of a uh, of a decade's worth of uh, rivalry to yet again yet again face each other in the inaugural season of in the, the Call inaugural of season. Here it is. You know? Do you know who we beat to get this one? Oh come on now! Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yo, listen, it's yeah. it's good to have you, man. Uh, obviously, if you would have told me, and I keep saying this throughout the podcast, at the beginning of the season, I, I picked us four to be in there. I I don't know what about London made me want to pick them, but it was it was that we we definitely did that. We we pick, I, I'm sorry, I picked that. Those four will be there. Uh, who did you expect was going to be the the top four? Uh yeah, I mean I think I think the I think London kind of surprised me a little bit. I actually thought Toronto was going to make it back through, mm-hmm. but uh, they couldn't get it done. London, props to them. It's good to see those boys, European boys, make it in. You know, so uh, yeah, I think, man. Yeah, we good. need good a Europe. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like the Europeans. Uh, well, I like London. London's my second home. Fucking Piccadilly, uh, uh, Leicester Square, uh, Hippodrome. Oh, ha- man. You know that's that's lots my of history spot. there. Oh yeah, lots you bro, you, you didn't walk. I I don't think you lost any single night that you went to the Hippodrome. Never. I think Never. they have you and Duncan's face somewhere that says, "Don't let these motherfuckers in here." Yeah, pretty much. Blue baggies. I took, money, I took I took money out of that casino every time I went in, so much so that they had like the marketing director of the casino hit me up like, "Look," and he he actually told me how much money I'd taken out of their casino. Yeah, and it it was something obscene you know yeah. like almost 20,000 pounds or something like yeah. that oh yeah no Good trust times. me i uh i i i tell everybody i'm like man the the one thing i'm super super jealous of sir is how good he is at gambling and they're like what do you mean and then i, I tell I don't him do it much not no, anymore don't not do it anymore. much well, well, well yeah you do it's wink wink <laughs> man i know the wife's listening i'm kidding i'm kidding uh but i'm like they're like what do you mean i'm like i can't even fucking explain it. this dude always walks out with a blue baggie and the blue baggie is pretty much the what is it the five thousand dollar bags i don't even remember yeah so the clear the, the, the clear the bags, yellow baggie was five thousand the yellow 5, baggies pounds. yeah i got the yellow baggie once once or twice yeah you you and you and uh and duncan uh, and uh, and me right? We had the trifecta. Let's scare seventeen mm-hmm. into submission. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit of Call of Duty, dude. Obviously, you and I have been around the longest out of any other. I mean, aside from Pac-Man and Nameless, I think you and I are. Or I guess Moho's not really a part of this thing anymore. Clay, Clay, Clayster still around. Clayster, oh yeah, Clay played right mm-hmm. in Call of Duty Four. Did uh, did Crim? Yeah. Um, Krim played, but I don't think he was like competitive. I don't, he was, he was playing competitive, but he was like, he went back to Halo for a while, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and he was just kind of like playing GBs and stuff and, and, and ga- on game battles, I think in, in Call of Duty 4, but Clay was definitely around. Yeah. So we've been around that long, right? And it's not, it's, it's not an easy task to make, to survive in this space. More importantly, it's not easy to be relevant and continue to be relevant over a decade uh in in a sport which is ever-changing with literally no rules no regulations uh you live and die by your own hard work uh did you ever expect it for us to be sitting here as as team owners in 
franchises that are now worth what 50 to 60 million dollars Ooh, i don't know give or take a few shekels <laughs> dude it's it's always been it's every year it's just been about you know just loving the game loving the competition and like you know just living this lifestyle for me you know and uh i don't even think about it man very often i really like all i think about every day is you know going to, going to war you know with you yeah, guys yeah. and like everybody else like trying to win win games you know try to try to help our teams have that platform to go win games i mean i don't think really much has changed for me to be honest man like other than obviously there's a lot of stuff that's changed in you know just in life in general and like things you got to worry about and focus on and uh you know money is different and all that stuff now but like man the, i don't think the passion's ever changed and i'm sure it's the same way for you man like you're still uh as much money as you've made doing this in your career and you know same same for me like you're still showing up you know making content still showing up to the tournaments that passion's still there and that's never going to change man i don't care like nothing is going to change that for me um the date when the date comes that i say okay i can't do this anymore that's going to be a heartbreaking day man because you know and it'll probably come at some point right like there are things in life that there are other things in life other than you know call of duty but um for now it is, it is call of duty that is life so god is uh, life for now god is life god is life for now and so so is esports you know esports is life right now for me probably the yeah. same for you yeah but uh but there are other things that you, we want to probably both experience in life and so maybe that day will come i don't know when but for now it's just the same passion every day i'm gonna tell you something man i don't think i don't think anyone's ever gonna get rid of me uh on this call of duty side i don't, I, I think i'm a i'm a live and die by by call of duty i i hope that I am one day 103 years old, you know, still going to events. Fucking, they're, they're gonna wheel you up. Yeah, and I'm fucking flick, wheel you up to the front row. Flick everybody off. <laughs> Fuck y'all, little kids. Y'all, y'all don't know what we went through to fucking do this. <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what what would they be like? They wouldn't be millennials. They'd be something else. Oh man, whatever Reddit form is, uh, in in the in the next 40 years, there's gonna you know, there's always gonna be those, you know. It might be that way. it might be that way, man. They might have to pull you and I up in wheelchairs next to each other, and we're gonna be like the old veterans, like wearing our hats. Yeah, you know, like like you know, COD champs, two thousand thirteen. You yeah. know, and <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like fifty years later. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's probably gonna be us, man. They'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll get our own rooms next to each other in the same nursing home. Yeah, that'd be uh, dope, man. That'd yeah. be dope. As long as we have a big screen and a console with a con wireless controller, we'll be all right. I mean, at that point, I think that we're just going to be controlling them with our minds. We won't even need the, <laughs> you know, we're not going to be holding anything. Uh, yeah. I, I can only hope. Um, all right. So best moment of the season for you so far? Oh, man. Uh, Mine's easy. And, I'll, and I'll tell you mine while you think of yours. Mine was literally... Uh, the inaugural season opener. Uh, I was sick as a dog. Um, I I got to the venue. I think, you know, I had already passed it. I was no longer contagious of COVID-19, which is what I think I had. And, you know, walking up there, I hadn't seen any of the fans. I hadn't seen any of my teammates, but we were on the upper level. And then I, I go to the ledge. I raise my hand to say hi to somebody that I saw wearing Huntsman. And then the whole crowd just said, hacks. And I was just like, oh, I fucking love y'all. I'm sick. I have, I'm, I'm full of antibiotics and, 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 uh, and NyQuil and shit. I'm emotional. I'm an emotional wreck. Kobe has just passed. You know, rest in peace, Kobe. So when I saw, when I saw the love uh, from the crowd, I was just like, man, I miss this thing. I cannot wait. Oh, Little man, did we I miss the crowds. Huh? I miss the crowds, man. 
that roar of the crowd is literally like why we do this, right? Like, man, the Call of Duty crowds have been so good to us over the years and so loud. And like, just just when those hype moments happen, everybody jumps out of their seat and everybody's screaming, yelling. Like that, that's what we do, man. That's what we live for. Yeah. Uh, I know you do. I know I do. And like uh, every every player does. You know, that's that's really what's about money and all that stuff. You know, whatever. But you know, whenever you can get three, four thousand people jumping out of their seats, like that's everything. And so, man, God help us. Let us get through this pandemic so we can go have Call of Duty events again because we're gonna turn it up. Oh yeah. And uh, and when we do, it's gonna be big, and we're gonna get back to our roots and, and get everybody involved and have a loud crowd for everybody uh to experience so yeah 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 man i miss it i miss so, the crowd but let's see favorite. let me let me give you um honestly it's probably winning their first event this year you know like that that was important you know for us to get that monkey off our back uh as a team just just for our players uh i think it was the la event that was the first one we won uh that was the last land so yeah just like seeing my team be able to go out there and achieve that that w for the first time and do it on land where everybody was calling us online or isn't, you know, you know how it was going. Yeah. That was important for I was, us. I was so we proved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, yeah, the, yeah, on, yeah. On my ghost account. I, I wonder if do, do people do actually have like ghost accounts, right? Like where they, they have like a separate. I, I, so look, I'm showing you that I don't, but yeah, no, I, I don't either. I guess I'm happy to prove like, it. Yeah. Like people have like additional, Line said the only one I have there is like uh I don't even have the huntsman here anymore. They must have kicked yeah, I don't, me out. I don't, I, have some, the, I don't I don't have the Empire I, one either. I'm gonna yep. fire someone, but I do have yeah. Alan, and Alan is the important one, obviously. Uh but it it, it was. I, I mean I, I would have said the same thing if I were you, man. I think that that was a, a good way to sort of set the tone for the rest of your season, and it fucking did. Uh Shotzi came into his own. When they were mm -hmm. giving him shit at London, I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, Crim Six did it, Formal did it. Zero chance that this kid doesn't fucking do it. He's younger than they were when they they did it. Uh, you know the 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 ceiling for for Shotzi is just. I mean, you you can't even put a, put a put a, yeah. a limit on that. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about Shotzi, man. But I'll tell you, like Ender is the same way, man. Like, uh, yeah, Illy. of course, dude. Illy, like, look, man. Either one of those kids could have gotten MVP, right? Like, Illy does so much for the team. Like, just smart plays the dude is like you know professor x you know like when you watch him play mm -hmm. he makes so many unselfish plays that help our team so like i gotta give love to ender too man he really deserves it just as much as shotzi does yeah. like in, in my opinion those both of them are just so young and both came in and like are performing really well man so like you know i i gotta give ender his shout out too because he's not getting enough love yeah. you know from the community but the dude does the stuff that enables the rest of the team and you know that's why you don't hear everybody chatting about him, you know, as opposed to Shotzi right now, like Shotzi's got this crazy movement and this crazy play style. that's real fresh, but Ender is literally bringing veteran gameplay, like 10 years of experience from COD veterans playing professionally and bringing it into year one, you yeah. know, like into the league. So, yeah. so like the dude is, I got to give him a shout out. Yeah. My boy. That's uh, I, I, I was I didn't doubt it for a second that they that yeah. one Shotzi was going to get in it. Second, obviously Illy has always you know been sort of like this uh, first as an S and D kid, and then obviously mm -hmm. like you know he's he's just talented all around, right? Like you know, I I feel the same way about Envoy, right? Like he didn't get the shine that he deserved last year because he yeah. wasn't on uh, he was in Gen G and they didn't have like that that's i mean they did come in second like almost every single one but even then like the coverage around a team like that and obviously speaks to content and why it's important but they didn't get as much coverage i didn't even i'm gonna be honest man 
I when they say envoy, I'm like, who's that? I didn't know, but <laughs> dude, I found out. It's a monster. Oh, I found out immediately after. I immediately, like I did my research and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and obviously, we go to to the to the first match and the dude snaps and I was like, okay, right. How old is he? 19. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna build something. We're gonna build something yeah. here. Uh, He's and, nasty. Yeah, and and you got to think about it that way, right? Like I, I think, uh, I mean, if you look at what what even Optic did, right? And bringing in those two young, young dudes, and performing the—I mean, fuck, you know what I mean? Like they—they they, didn't. There's no acclimation period in which they were like, okay, hold on, let me see, let me find the groove to this thing. Like they came in and they started wrecking shop. So it goes to show, like the talent pool in Call of Duty, when we have uh, 60 players that are starters, and then you have uh, the the sort of bench which is i mean name them like there's like a, like like 50 pro players that have been in top teams uh for the last yeah, we, decade we have taught me on our bench you know and and, exactly. and i mean the, the dude's just a legend you yeah, know from, yeah. from from the uk like uk cod like literally like you know just one of the best players of all time out of europe and then uh yeah, he's sitting on our bench, but the kid's a monster at Warzone, so he's got had a lot more time to perfect his Warzone gameplay, yeah. where he's winning all sorts of stuff. So yeah, and that's good, yeah. right? Like at least he's he's fulfilling his competitive uh, needs in in Warzone. It's a fun game, so whatever. It's a very popular game, so the 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 opportunity for him to blow up is always going to be there. So I don't know. I, I think this year, above any year, is such an important year as the, as the inaugural season is. I think that uh, for the most part, obviously with COVID out of the way and you know, developer and and competitive sort of miscommunication or lack of communication, whatever you want to call it, not seeing eye to eye, is like the only two things that you could really say badly about this league. Because as I was mentioning earlier in the podcast, when I mean you've been here for the longest, bro. When was the last time you saw a season full of game fives round elevens? Oh, dude, it's nothing like this season. Nothing. nothing. No. Nothing. This is the closest. These are the, this is the season where we've had the closest games of any season in my whole career. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Like the the amount of close matches that we've had this year is just insane. But I love it. I love it. You know, maybe people you know people knock the game or whatever and whatever, and they say there's no skill gap. And that's why the games are close. Eh, whatever, man. Like I don't even care as a viewer, like watching the I- games, like. I want to see good games and close games, and we got that this year. I disagree with every single one of them. All right, they they have to not be paying attention to the fact that we have shrunken the talent pool to sixty players from four hundred players. That's it. That's it. So how yeah. can you not expect every match to be all that cream is like rising to the top? Yeah, and and that's the way it's going to be. And even next season, I think it might even get better. Right, like the competition is going to be even harder yeah. because. Now we know, like, you know, you're kind of weeding out some of the less lesser performing players off these rosters this year. And so we'll let that other, that new talent kind of come through. And, man, that's what I love about Call of Duty and what we have going on is that you can really come up as a player, right? Like, there's still an ecosystem there where we're seeing, like, the challengers and there are all these young players in there and there are going to be some players making names for themselves. And as teams that aren't performing well have to make those changes, man, like, it's coming, right? Like some of that that new that new cream is going to rise to the top. It's just going to make that thing that that competition much more difficult for everyone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's going to be a pleasure to see it happen live. It's going to be a pleasure to be front row and center as this new sort of iteration of Call of Duty happens. With this new iteration of Call of Duty, this new sort of turnover to a new phase of what it is to be a true sport. Uh, I think we we did a gosh darn good job. And this this upcoming weekend, when we break viewership records, 
I think it's going to prove the fact that we're here to stay. 75 million people play Call of Duty, okay? And this isn't including mobile, or is it? No, it's not including mobile, right? So these numbers, yeah. these numbers are sort of an indicator of what is there for us to be able to approach, what is there for us to be able to sort of help drive eyeballs and viewership to this thing. The second that we start fine-tuning this a little bit more, doing the things that you've been suggesting for the past decade of, of promoting the game on the launcher, promoting the game and blah, 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 pretty much common knowledge, right? Next year, who knows where we'll be? Next year, hopefully, we'll be able to put uh, skins and have a price uh what do you call that a uh the price crowdfunding pool? crowdfunding oh baby can you imagine that it i mean we're just getting started right mm -hmm. like these are all things that we're pushing you know uh for as owners in this league right like just this is just the beginning man right like we're, we're just now getting started is like we're able to work a little bit closer with the developers of the games and the studios and the future call of duty games that come out it might not even be this next year it might might be two three four years down the road where we start seeing more features in the game or more like integration for the call of duty league in the game i mean that's just that's when things start really turning as we start exposing all these casual call of duty players to the league you know and, and the competition i get hooked when i watch other esports right like you know whether it be any other game if i'm if i'm if i'm just playing the game casually it's whatever but you know once i start watching the esports in there i, I don't know about anybody else but i get hooked and, and love to watch all the games so i think we're going to convert a lot of people man that play call of duty into fans of the league and this yeah. is just the start and, and anybody watching this out there, if you want to help the league out and you want to, if you love the Call of Duty League, you want to see it grow, share it. That's all it is, man. Share it with five other people and then two of them are going to go share it with five other people and that's how it spreads. Yeah, so the, the thing about a situation like that, right, like we had, uh, for example, 140, uh, I'm sorry, 156 peak and current viewers between us and the old team uh, in the last match. I was I think watching it's like a buck seventy-five, man. I don't know. I think the league released one one fifty-six. I don't know. All right. I was uh, that's what, a higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, whatever. But think about this, right? I was watching that with two other people, so my one screen was showing it to three people. So the numbers that you're seeing are actually way more mm -hmm. than they are right now displayed because there are people who are like there's watch parties. Mm -hmm. Obviously, right? Like that, that, that a lot there, of people. Sometimes it's in bars. Yes, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's in, well, not right now because of COVID, but you but know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like th this, this isn't just something that you look at the numbers and you're like, oh my God, it's only this. No, it's that plus the husband, wife, and kid running around with a dog that are watching this thing it is a group of people there's teammates that sit together uh, they live in the same neighborhood they come together and bring out the pizza and the popcorn and whatever and start spectating this thing so again uh think about all the staff right that, that watches these games together like this is it, this is big as is but it's only going to get bigger which is obviously the hope um and if i was ever going to bet on something i would bet on the fact that activision for what it's worth, is a massive, massive, massive company who has uh, committed to growing this thing. And when you have that sort of power behind you, zero chance that you can dismiss it and just be like, oh, maybe, or oh, this is a, this is a phase. If, if, if we didn't have the history of close to 14 years, I think that you could maybe argue that uh, Call of Duty may be uh, a phase. But the fact that we've been here for that long without any help, and we were, still be, we were still able to build what we built. Imagine what we're going to do when we're all working together from top at Activision all the way to the left. I was going to say bottom, but we're not at the bottom. To the left of that starting point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at – I mean, you and I – so, yeah, when you and I went fishing a couple weeks ago, uh, we were talking about this, right? We've never been partners with our teams – 
to, to build something together. We've always not, just not played against Ian, each other. Not since Ian interacted. Right, right. Well, that was something different. I mean, in like the, the competitive team space, right? Yeah. Like our teams have never been partnered together. We've always just been competing against each other and building up the scene, right? Like by just being rivals. But now we're technically partners, right? Where we're working together to create the best features we can to make the Call of Duty League the best product it can be mm -hmm. and working together with sharing our ideas to help each other build this league, right? And so like now it's all collaborative with us two and the other owners in the league. And we're work we're all working together to fix issues and make it better and working with the publisher and working with the studios to make this better. And so it's just the beginning of that. And and I'm looking forward to the next ten years of this. Because we've already gotten through the first ten years or more, the first, you know, fourteen years, thirteen years. Yeah. And and now I'm looking forward to the next ten years because now we're all in positions where we we understand things a lot better, uh, and we're working together a lot more. Yeah. So I think the fans just need to be excited for that because it's a collaborative effort. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to beat your ass. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because <laughs> I still I still want to beat your ass when, same. when our teams play. Oh, dude, but, same. Uh, but yeah, we, I, I we, thought... have that. we have that still there, right? Like, we, we're still trying to win. Yeah, I thought that you were going to bring up the other thing that we were talking about on the way back from fishing. Oh, no, what was that? Like, yo, I got to find a hotel. <laughs> oh, dude, man. Yeah, we can talk about that. I had I had to go. Yet, I had to he, go. He, we were on the boat. We were on the boat. I don't know what I ate that made it made it happen like that, but I didn't I didn't eat anything that was really necessarily good for me. And oh so. man, it was the funny. And we were running out of gas because <laughs> we were I was not prepared, dummy. But I uh, we had to go to a gas station, dude. I, I'm glad that we made. I'm glad that you made it, right? Because I, I made we it. still had an hour and a half drive home, we so I would have had we to, to stop. We had to stop twice. We had to stop twice. Uh, for, for, we, had, we had two bathroom stops for me. Yeah, but uh, but but it worked out. We got we got back safely, and I had a, I had a damn good time. And this is something we can do more. Hopefully, yeah, it won't be the last time for sure. I'm always looking for fishing partners. Uh, all right, Stro, I'm gonna let you go. I know it's uh seven o'clock where you're at or where we're at, and it's family time for both you and I. So let's yeah. end it right here. Uh, and you, you have the rings on your finger right now. I don't have my ring on, but but I do have that big ass checkup up there so just remind everybody there there's a there's a big world championship w in call of duty that was here at envy too so yeah we're just, I, just I don't, remember both, that both of my checks from the first one and the one that we won <laughs> are in, back home so anyway i look forward to seeing you uh this weekend man hopefully you have you guys have a good match and hopefully we do too to the point to where we may see each other so may the yep. best team win and uh, above all, may the Call of Duty League win because it is such a great project that we're working on. So thanks again for stopping by, brother. We'll see you soon. Uh, yeah, thanks, brother. Take bye, care. Man. Be good. Dude, thank you for stopping by, man. appreciate you. Let's go fishing soon. Now, the finale, the outro, the creme de la creme, the thing that you guys have all been waiting for. And first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this long, watching the eavesdrop. Look, I'm psyched about it. I'm psyched about this eavesdrop. I like actually the format. This just opens up my brain to new possibilities. I want to do more of these with more people. I don't, I'm I, like the eavesdrop is a podcast that you guys enjoy on a weekly basis. But more importantly, it's so free. You can do I've, I've interviewed cowboy players. I've interviewed baseball players. I mean, you name it. Right. Call of Duty personalities, non Call of Duty personality. This is what I like about my podcast that I can interview whoever the gosh darn the please to do anyway random code drops what is that what what do you talk about hex those who watch call of duty league on sunday august 30th is this weekend okay pay attention not starting saturday you you gotta be here uh anybody that watches that is gonna have a chance to earn viewership rewards well what are viewership rewards hex? i told you at the beginning stop interrupting me gosh darn i'm gonna tell you exclusive in-game calling cards exclusive cdl champs knife blueprint okay i want that 
I see the CDO logo on it. I appreciate it. I love it. I need it. And I'm happy to announce. Champs will also have randomized drops for Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War beta codes. Enjoy the action on CallofDutyLeague.com or the COD Companion app. Go to CallofDutyLeague.com to learn how to link your Activision account and earn these drops. More importantly, everybody, I want you guys to look at the screen right now and pay attention to what I am about to tell you. We are about to embark on a historic moment this upcoming weekend, okay? This upcoming weekend, we are about to have the Season 1 Championship, okay? We are a part of it. The London Royal Ravens, Empire, and Atlanta Face are going to all be there. The top four, okay? We are talking about a battle of the Titans for something that everybody wants. Money aside, 1.5 on the line money aside we're fighting for a ring and we're fighting for a trophy and we're fighting to make this the most successful launch in the history of any league in esports right 10 years of hard work decades of hard work all culminating in one weekend and that is happening this weekend so like me you better be glued to your station your living room your theater room if you're lucky enough and blessed enough to have something like that or like me poolside Okay, try to relax as much as you can because I sure as heck ain't going to be able to. I know that the green wall understands what I'm saying. Some of these things get really sketchy and get really scary. But nonetheless, you guys got to tune in. I'm going to leave the link in the description down below. Okay, and I need you guys to tune in. Okay, whether it's on CallDutyLeague.com uh, or whether it's on the COD Companion app, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's however it is that you consume it, you glue yourself there because it's a historic moment that you don't want to miss. It's a historic moment that you want to be a part of. You want to be able to say, I was here when this happened. Okay, those are the moments that we all live for. Those are the moments that make us a community. Those are the moments that we will be able to share forever. So with that said, having said that, I'm going to end the eavesdrop episode number 69 right here, right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, I better see all of you. Look, I'm, 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 I'm making a list of who doesn't show up and I'm checking it twice when Christmas comes along. And that's it. Maddie, end this episode. Hit him with the music. Let's get going. Let's go. See, let's go Huntsman. Okay, Huntsman. Is the Huntsman. Say it back. 